Welcome to the Solution of Real Estate podcast, where Jeff Seabach and myself, Phil Sexton, we sit down with microphones between us to talk about the industry. When we started this podcast, we used to bring on guests to tell us how they were putting consumers first in their business. Yes. We had probably, uh, I don't know, a hundred different maybe. guests yeah. yep. from um, our, across the country. Right. And then we, we, we morphed. That was that season. Yep. And then we went into our second and third seasons where we started just talking about the ways that we were, what we were addressing on our team. Right, more skills-based skills attacks, based. right? Like how do we help agents improve their business? Yeah. Yes. But now as we have been meeting new agents from different parts of the country, like we've, we've come back to let's, let's bring on special guests so that we can learn from them as well right well because they just get tired of just listening to me and you and we got to hear you know what other people in the world don't include me in that (laughs) (laughs) but we got today so today we have um a a realtor out of san diego and i not just any realtor i mean isn't he the first to is it 500 transactions or 500 he was the first agent to do 500 transactions in san diego in a single year but that was so last year jeff he's already done 750 this year he's on his he's on pace to do 800 he actually went from 24 transactions a year to 800 transactions in a year in a six-year period of time and so that's why we're going to learn from him today three things that all of us can do to go from 28 deals to 800 deals in a six-year span i can't wait let's welcome mac mark let's welcome mark Patterson to the room. Thank you for having me. That was very generous. Did you hear the thousands of fans applauding just then? I did. That was a soundtrack. It's a a, a new meta universe, right? Like where your audience isn't in front of you anymore. They're across the land, right? Yes. They're across the web. (laughs) web. So what's up, Mark? Thanks for saying yes, first and foremost. Yeah, thanks for having me. Just hanging out in San Diego. I'm randomly here. I like to travel a lot. So I work from my laptop a lot and uh, just hanging out in my office in San Diego. Awesome. So you, we met at a comedy night a couple of, I guess it was a month ago or so now, right? Where you came to Phoenix from San Diego just because you wanted to be a stand-up comedian for uh, a 20-minute set. I did not want to be. I got asked to be because someone said, Mark, you're one of the funniest real estate agents I know. How about you come out and do stand up? And I'm like, I don't think I'm going to do that. And then she's like, oh, come on. I'm like, you know what? I want to say yes to more things. So I'm going to do it. Uh, One of the most nerve wracking things you can ever do in your life if you want to get a little nervous is doing stand up. But it, it went decent, I think. You so, killed. Oh, good. I thought you did great. Yeah, you, you were, did. You, you did outstanding. Sorry, I forgot a pen. You, you yeah. did outstanding, even though. Uh, you know, the, the MC might've spilled the punchlines. Of, <laughs> it's okay. She, she doesn't have deals on her own. She can, she can do whatever she wants. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Nice. nice, <laughs> Awesome. All right. So welcome. You, I know when you were here and you talked about the fact you were the first agent to do 500 transactions in San Diego, that's amazing. That's yes. outstanding. And so Jeff, we talked about a few questions that we want to ask. Him, yeah, I mean, but I want to stick with what our topic is as well. And that's three things that other agents can do. Like maybe we get into well, how he got those first 24. Right. So, yeah. So um, I think it's more of, you know, because a lot of the people we talk to are thinking about a team. So like wh- what point in your 24 transactions where you're like, you know what? I think I got bigger plans. Like how, how do I, mean, I need help? I need help. Yeah. So what did it look like in your, cause that's the hardest thing usually for people to do is 
okay, how do I bring that first person on? Like, what was the source? What was the decision-making? And we'll let you go from there. For sure. And uh, to start off, I mean, I kind of fell into being a team leader, to be honest. I had been an agent for one year. I had sold 24 homes and I sat at a conference and I was telling a story of how I was helping uh, actually uh, uh, an author. And the gal in front of me at the conference turns around. She was like, so-and-so is your client. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I don't really know. Is she like super famous? She's like, oh my gosh, she's like one of the most famous authors, all this stuff. You know, I didn't know too much about her. Uh, that gal talked me into starting a team. So year one in the business, it was not my idea. I started it. I had done 24 transactions. I was actually a buyer's agent on a team. And to kind of come around all this guys, like, yes, I'm at 700 and something deals this year. If you're a solo agent and you kick butt, and you don't like people or running a team and you're profitable, stick with what you got. Having a team is not necessarily always better. Uh, there's a lot of teams out there that are not profitable. There's a lot of solo agents that I know that make probably about the same as I do. And they're freaking, I mean, they're obviously killing it, but I mean, running a team is very, very expensive. So just keep that in mind. Also, whenever you hear people speak, don't ever compare yourself to someone else doing something different. I mean, everyone's got different journeys. I may have had a different foundation to help me. Uh, my dad was, and my mom were never very nice. They were always like, do better. No. <laughs> so I had that foundation <laughs> as a childhood. No, actually I went to Catholic school. My parents were actually very nice. Then the niece or the nuns were the ones that were mean. Uh, but besides that, like that's, you can't compare yourself to someone else. So it was at that 24 transaction mark that I brought on some agents. And of those five agents I had, actually none of them are on my team anymore. And I don't know if any of them are actually in real estate anymore. So I know that for sure three or not, um, I'm not sure what the other two are. So my team has been an evolution over the last five years. December 12th is going to be my five-year anniversary for my team. So it's been a journey, probably about four variations, but right now we are pretty damn stable. I'm at 87 agents, um, building that up, hiring sales managers, hiring more support staff. My goal is to have 200 agents by next June and then 300 agents uh, by the end of next year. Awesome. So, wow. Uh, what, at what point were you think broker? Sorry, just cause I want to finish off that thought yeah. and we'll dive into some of the things you said. <laughs> so at what point, I mean, we have found EXP to be a great platform for, uh, growing teams. Cause you don't have to, I mean, we're, you know, a decent size as well. Is there a point where you're like, okay, maybe when I get to this number, then I'll think outside, or you're like, you know what? I think you get to a thousand inside EXP. I'm going to have 300,000 on my team in EXP. No, I don't know. I'm going to have like 60,000 or something. But what I heard, I, I'm coached directly by Tom Ferry now. And uh, Tom had his coaches, Gino Bafari. He's the CEO of Berkshire Hathaway. Gino has 90,000 agents. So why can't I have 90,000 agents? But the whole idea of how big you can get within a brokerage or how small. Um, at EXP, people are like, oh, I don't have a team. EXP is not for me. Well, if you compare apples to apples of any brokerage, hate to break it to you. In my opinion, I've looked at everything because I was very, I, I was moving a lot of people when we were moving over to eXp. I really dove deep into this. And even if you're a solo agent, eXp is the way to go. My options were eXp, Compass, or doing my own brokerage. Now doing your own brokerage, people are like, oh, I kind of want to have that pride that I created something. Well, my team is called Porchlight. A lot of people know my brand by Porchlight. And Pretty much all my clients know um, that it's called Porchlight and it's, it's Porchlight brokered by eXp. So that alone has been giving me, I've created that. So that's kind of my own brokerage. 
That's awesome. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. I mean, what piece do you want to dive into there? I want to know when you bring on, I mean, you've had so many iterations of team members. Like one of the things that we know is when we bring on an agent and they're, they're sitting in an interview with us, right? And they, they ask you, you, you've spent a solid 48 minutes with this person. And then the question comes out and they say, well, how they want you to judge them based on what you know. <laughs> and so they say things like, how long is it going to take me to make any money? Or how many months should I prepare to not have income come in? Or some version of, will you please judge me based on these 48 minutes that you just sat across the table from me on whether I'm going to make it in this industry or not? How do yeah, you- so how do you do we, that? We got a system set up. So um, this is our whole interview process from point from start to finish. So we get a lot of inquiries from our team because a lot of agents on our team are posting on social media. People inquire. We send them to a link. It's porchlightrealtyteam.com slash careers. They fill that out. It basically says, hey, you have to be licensed to fill this out. If you're not licensed, start from there. California, it takes forever to get your license, especially with COVID. It takes about nine months. So we don't even start the interview process. So you won't interview you're... anyone that does not have a license. Nope. Uh, another thing is once that initial one comes in, we'll do a 10 minute zoom saying, Hey, do you have three months reserves? Do you, can you do this full time? And basically like just kind of personality wise, like, will we mesh with you? Um, that's the first zoom and it's a 10 minute call. If they pass that, then we have them come in on Wednesdays. Typically we try to schedule them right before our new agent class. We do a new agent class every Wednesday from 11 to one. And we say, Hey, come in at 10 30. Um, we'll do a, you know, like a 30 minute interview, come into the office. They interview specifically with one person on our team. And then if she thinks they're a good fit, we then invite them to that class right then. If they can't stay, then we invite them to the next week and we kind of onboard them. Um, we make them have three months reserves. We make them be full time. Uh, we make them and it's, it's suggestions. We don't make them do anything because they're 1099. We do make them have, reserves and we do make them be full-time, but we don't say, Hey, you have to be in the office. Uh, but if they're not in the office, then they're not going to get on leads for the first 30 days. I created a university called Porchlight university. I was sick of the, do you have a minute? So anytime someone asked me, do you have like a minute? I would take out my zoom. I would hit record and I'd have them ask the question. And then I would answer it on zoom. I would save it in a file. And then I started creating this database of videos with answers. And so I have this huge university of 190 modules. And we created it to have professional photographer, videographer in there now. Now, when I started it, it was crap and it was on a Google drive and it was like all messy. Well, I took this kid that I was like, well, this kid's pretty smart. What I'm going to do when I onboard him, because I was the onboarder at the time, I said, you're going to go through my entire university and you're going to clean it up and put it into teachable. And in return, I'm going to hand you off all my past clients as layups. And he's like, heck yeah, because I stopped selling. So I gave him a lot of my past clients for a fee. And so I built up this university. So they go through that 190 modules at the end of each section, there's a quiz. So it'll have a section, for example, on 1031 exchanges. Then it'll say, hey, how many days does your client have to locate? 30 days, 45 days, 90 days, 180 days. Which one's the answer? Well, for a brand new freaking agent on my team, they know the answer. And most people don't know that answer. They have 45 days to locate, 180 days to close. We don't do a ton of 1031s, but if they ever get that question, they know the answer. Other things are like lending, VA, FHA, what the loan max are, all of that stuff is in there. The funny thing is I probably wouldn't be able to pass now because I've kind of been out a little bit and, you know, things change. <laughs> uh, 
Um, we also make them, so we go through that and then we make them do five sample offers throughout the first 30 days. So like week one, they have to write an offer week two, they send it to the admin team. The admin team reviews it back as if they're the listing agent. So the agent's got to call them. Hey, you know, I'm riding off on one, two, three main street. Do you have any offers? What's the situation like? What are your clients looking for, for a rent back or what do they need? What's the important aspects? And then they go and they write the offer, they submit it. And then they tell them whether they accepted their offer or not. Then they also do five buyer consult videos. And they also do 2000 dials logged through our CRM. And then after they finish all that, then they can take an in-person final exam of 150 questions. That is what they learned in the university and through writing the contracts. If they pass that, then they're on our team and they get introduced to a mentor. If they don't finish all that stuff, they're no longer on our team. You're see you later. We don't waste, we don't waste any time. Yeah. Was that your, was that your first time explaining that? No, but I do have to think, I do have to think it through. Cause I'm like, wait, what's next? Uh, but yeah. no, yeah. If they don't go through that because I'm sick of freaking hiring people, they're like, oh, I'm going to do everything. I'm going to be the best real estate agent. And then they don't freaking show up. And you're like, where is that one person that said, you know, yeah, this so- one girl, every time she had a situation, I said, hey, look, this meeting here is called shit or get off the pot. And in 30 days, if you guys, and this is how we kind of implemented it. We had 10 people that were not doing all the stuff. And we're like, how long would it take to do this? One kid completed it in seven days. Mind you, that kid's like a total rock star now and freaking crushing it. And he did the whole thing in seven days and he's 20 years old. Yeah. So I'm sick of people half-assing life. And I'm like, if you're going to come to Porchlight, I want you to kick ass because we want to be the best. So if you're going to, if you want to be great, act great. And I'm not trying to be, but that's the expectation we set from the beginning because that's how we have it throughout. Right. So I know that part of your um, key topics, if you will, is online lead generation. And yes. when I hear you talk about 2000 dials, when I, when I see online lead generation as one of your key things, and then I hear 2000 dials, it makes me question, okay, is it 2000 dials to the people that have come through your online lead generation or are you yes. a circle prospector? And uh... Nope. So what we do is we purchase online leads. So I'm sure a lot of us have a CRM with an old database of leads that we never got a hold of. So we have our, our new agents practice on those leads. We have probably 15,000 leads in there now. Is that so what like we in do- Lopo or... Yep. Yeah. So Ylopo and follow up boss. So we use follow up boss Ylopo. I've got referral links on there. I have a tech stack that I can post and you guys can see all the different CRMs and things I use. Um, But it's called marksresources.com. And then there's a thing on the top that says tech stack. So if you click on that, I'll tell you all the different um, things I use, but through there we do pawns. So a new agent will get a pawn for the week and they'll get pawn letter A or pawn letter B. It's just a random assortment of old leads coolest thing about it is we used to call them the dead leads, but now we call them the money leads. So we like change the mindset of what it is. Agents that come on our team, majority of them, the good ones that start out, get their first deal out of those old leads. One kid got a listing from 2017 realtor.com lead. He got it in January. He just got his license in January. He's done 27 listings in San Diego and he's a new agent. That's awesome. And he got his first deal was a listing. So my agents can list and they can buy. And mind you, he's way better agent than I'll ever be, which is kind of funny, but he's just a freaking rock star. He's like military, was a bartender, wasn't sure what he wanted to do. Got on the phones and he's a total listing agent and got his first listing off of a 2017 realtor.com lead. Awesome. He did 27 listings in his first year. That's awesome. And the year's not over. He, uh-huh. he got a little big headed for a bit and then he's like, okay, <laughs> I got to come back. So now he's back on, he's now just getting on our Zillow lead team because for a bit, he was just like cranking off. Every person he met everywhere, he was like listing their house. I'm like, what? He's like, oh yeah, she was this lady at the grocery store. I told her she had to use me. She couldn't use her agent. 
I'm like, so he like listed some lady's house. He got her to cancel her contract with the other agent and list with him. He's, just, right. he's a killer. I wanted to learn a little bit more about just the, in the beginning you said, cause I thought it was a great story. You said that you hired five people your first year and none of them kept. So what was the, what was the changes you made in that to hire better agents? Cause obviously you're hiring better agents. Was it, a you know, was it certain something particular you added to how you train them? Was it different leads? What was it? I mean, it's everything. If you think about it, where we came from, like six years ago or five years ago, a team in the, in the structure and what we knew about teams was so foreign to what it is today. Right. Just the, it's been elevated. I mean, teams were back then, like a big team back in, in San Diego, a big team was like 10, 15 agents. Right. Now a big team and you're like, oh, you only have 20 agents. That's like a small team. Um, sure. Yeah. So it's just elevated on all aspects. I mean, our systems, our CRM, our scripting, our lead generation, uh, the type of agent we hire, how we hire them, how we put them through the university, everything's leveled up. How many of those 86 or, or 87 agents are in the university now? 32. Interesting, right? Yeah. Similar numbers. Very, almost. I mean, like... <laughs> We have 80 <laughs> agents on our team with 30 in the new agent training program. So not exactly 50, the same, but and 50 <laughs> that produce. Right. But yeah, our, like ours are like 52 have sold a home or something and 32 haven't or something. I don't the last We only had that. 50 that sold a home. So yeah, yeah we're, so we're taking notes because you're better than us. I yeah. think mine's 51. Okay. <laughs> I like to chase. It's okay. Yeah, yeah it's I'm, always good I'm to totally have. gonna look at my report right now as we're talking because I'm totally interested in this kind of stuff. Uh, but, all right. So you told us while you're looking at the report, I'm going to ask you a different question. You told us what your team member goals were. Is that how, is that, do you also have transaction goals or is your growth just about team members knowing that transactions will come as well? No, I mean, I can kind of formulate and see with math, but I did have a transaction goal this year of 600. Okay. And I did seven something. So I'll end at 800 this year. Um, and around 500 million. And so I did have a transaction goal, but no, it's more of like, what happened was is I was actually at an event and this guy comes up to me and says, I've been following you on social media, which it's weird that people follow you and watch you and understand your life. Cause I'm like, wait, people look at this. Stuff. <laughs> so he goes, you, he goes, you are thinking too small. He's like, how many agents do you have? And I said, 15. And he was like, so how much money do you want to make? And I said, I would love to net 2 million. And he goes, okay, so why don't you want to net 10 million? And I was like, uh, well, you know, what do I do to get there? And he's like, you get 200 agents on your team. And I was like, well, okay. And he was like, I want you to have 200 agents on your team by the end of next year. And I was like, all right. So I got to work and I started recruiting. Challenge accepted. Yeah. Literally, it was, it was an older dude. And if I learned anything, he had a lot more agents than I had. And he made a lot more money than me. So I said, okay. So like, was that well, Gino? No, it, it was <laughs> Chuck Fazio. Oh, nice. Oh, Chuck, Chuck in our Fazio. marketplace. Yeah, I literally said, I had no idea who he was. I was like, this this guy. And I was like, how many agents do you have? He's like, well, my brokers, I had 3,000. I'm like, what? <laughs> so, yeah. No, I'm in yeah. building right now. Minute. Oh, who? We had a comment. What was that? David Marsh. I said, I said, I'm, in, I said I'm in Chuck's building right now. And that's oh, there you go. Building. Yeah. Nice. Oh, that's funny. Look at that full circle. Now yeah. you got people listening to the podcast in Chuck's office. That's great. Yeah. So Chuck was my inspiration and he knows that because I've told him numerous times. I'm like, dude, it's weird how you can inspire people just through like a walking conversation. It was in like a hotel lobby. 
Yeah. That's so, awesome. Yeah, yep. you know, Mark Spain. Do you know Mark Spain? Do you know that yep. name? Yeah, yep. it was like top five in the country. You know, they, they do the whole state as their team. He was uh he was one of the like number one Keller Williams agents that then in the country, but yeah. then he left Keller Williams and he became his own brokerage. Yeah, and he's in uh 200 Florida, Georgia, right? Multiple Tennessee. states. Yep. We saw him in Inman in 2016, and he was like, just wake up and be great. And that was one of our moments of, yeah, right? Like it was just an, an impactful one-liner, just in, random interaction at a bar where now to this day, when we're talking about whatever, if we're going up on stage or if we're getting ready for, for conferences, it's what are we going to do when we get there? We're going to wake up and be great. Yeah, right. Like meaning that you have to, when you're on, you're on. You got to be on. You got to be great when you're in it. Like in, no matter what you're doing, you got to be great. I mean, I can tell by the the outlay of your team that you're i mean i'm not saying you're the same philosophy but similar in trying to make yeah so pieces so can we can we pivot to get into a little bit more of the team management yeah sure um when it comes to like because because we run a team and we have leads and we distribute leads i feel like there's probably similar pain points that you and i have so i'm going to ask you questions about ones that i feel just to see what your take is on it um, for sure. For, and we're, for, we're similar, but I did run the report and I have 52 agents that have sold. So I am beating you. Damn no. it. <laughs> Wait, let's make sure our number is correct. Yes. We, we have to re-add. No. No, 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 no. It's very, it's actually way better when you do more because now I can just listen to everything you say yes. is good advice. Yes. Because you do more yeah. than us. So. <laughs> um, when it comes to leads, one of the things that we have to be careful of is lead source. Right. And so how, how do you track lead source return on lead source and whether agents do a better job on paying attention to certain leads based on source or not uh i mean that's kind of like a too it's too involved of a question i mean but we do track where the lead comes from and we do track conversion and we track roi on every lead source i do something called a friday report and then uh, a monthly report that different people on my team, on the admin team have to enter in some numbers in there. And that's where I kind of track what's going on. Okay. And, and so from it, so you um, break that down on lead source is one of the numbers. Yes. Yeah. We break it down, you know, whether it was realtor.com, Zillow, sphere of influence, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and we break down where like influences, but we know, and we let our agents know, Hey, look, if you're going to take this lead source, you better rock with it because if we see any hiccups at all, we're going to catch you from that lead source because there's someone in line ready to go. So we don't put everyone on each lead source and there's kind of like teams within the team. So it kind of uh, polices itself because my agents, for example, like Jared, the kid who freaking has 27 listings, he went and said, Hey, they have a, like, basically I've got all this stuff that I got to like, I can't take any leads. Like he was like, I I've got too many leads of my own. I'm good. And then we would never want him on Zillow. So why would we push it to him? even though he's a good agent. So now he slowed down a little bit. We're like, Hey, let's turn on your Zillow flex and go with it. And the second you want off, let us know. Right. So we let them come on and off teams, especially other good agents. We kind of just run with it because like if, if someone gets tired or someone has to go on vacation, like they need to be able to have that opt out time and we can't have them on 24 seven. I feel like because we have an open door and like open communication about it, they just say, Hey, Matthew, pause me for six days. I'm going to Cancun or wherever. Yeah. Nice. So it, it polices itself because they know if, if we look through and we see like no activity on stuff, 
And we have a lot of automation that's through it, which is through follow-up boss by Lopo um, and Zapier. And through, we had a program called Octum, but they just discontinued it. Um, so a couple of different things that we've used to kind of automate it. What's some of your favorite automation pieces? That is out of my scope of intelligence. So you'd have to ask Matthew on my team, but I would say <laughs> he's my operations. Is he your manager. ops guy? Yeah. Awesome. So he, one of the biggest things is that I love the fact we use a thing called Cognito Forms. So this is something that's actually pretty simple. Everyone can do, even if you're a solo agent, um, this is a great step. Cognito Forms is basically a fancy Google Forms. So for example, when we get a new listing uh, in California, we have title and escrow. In California, typically the seller picks title and escrow. So we have it automatically when the agent gets a new listing, they fill out this form, they upload all the documents to it and it gets sent to title, it gets sent to escrow, it gets sent to my transaction department in the Philippines. Um, it gets sent if they check the boxes to our stager. It gets sent to our photographer and videographer as well if my agent checks the boxes. Almost every time we need photos and videos, so that's fine, that's usually automatic. Not every time we need staging. So we have all those options and you can do submission settings of where you want this piece to go. So that's kind of how we have it set up. It's one of the coolest programs you can have. It's a fancy Google Forms called Cognito, C-O-G-N-I-T-O. Awesome. Yeah. And like title will run a title report. My agent doesn't even have to call them. You do a title report before you it sells? I mean, in this market, you know, everything. In California. Yeah. Yeah. In California, we do it. I don't know. We've always done that though. Even when the market wasn't like crazy hot, but we sell like, we've had like two expired listings or something. It's very little. Yeah, because everyone's because everyone's apparently leaving California, but not San Diego. <laughs> yeah, no, I have always wondered that because everybody's, everybody's leaving California, even though the property values are still rising. I, I don't yeah, everyone's it. like, everyone's like, my brother's like, California's dead. I'm like, oh, that's funny because I have 300 people at this open house of my agents right now. They had 300 people the other day. Yeah, yeah. It, it's unfair. Freaking... You have a thing called the uh, 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 ocean. Uh, ocean. Yeah, yeah, ocean. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and I, I like it out there too. I get it. So awesome. Yeah. All right. So, so yeah, but. It's a good, it's a good system to use Cognito form. So definitely that's a, the best automation advice I can give to you. Even if you're a solo agent, it's 10 bucks a month. And so then that form, you also have then the automation set up where whatever they submit in that form, it posts that as a note inside of your CRM or something, I assume. Yeah, you can, yeah, it can, it'll move things depending in your CRM. And that's because follow-up boss has an open-ended API key that you can connect with. Um, and you can do it all through Zapier. It'll move things like when you have a closing, it'll mark it and it'll know how many days your escrow is. So if it's 30 days, it'll send you an email 30 days or uh, 25 days in saying, Hey, is this closing still happening? Uh, what gift would you like to send your client? And then we have all the gift options. The gift options all go to the vendor of whatever gift we select. And we make sure that it's branded with the agent's information on it. So it's like if a rock says, you know, the Smith home established 2021, uh, and on the back, it would be like Samantha O'Brien, realtor. And they would then be able to get to write it off because it's marketing. Right. Does it say Samantha O'Brien, Porchlight Team Realtor? It's whatever the agent wants to have on it. Okay. And then yeah. you and pay if for they it pay... or the agent pays for it? The agent pays for it. Yeah. Got it. I nice. want to talk a little bit about staff if we can, because you mentioned Matthew, but do, I mean, first, do you... And sales managers. Do, do, and... do you interview separately or do you look for agents like where, where you're, because you're constantly recruiting agents, I assume, if you're trying to go to 200, you have to have constant recruiting processes, right? Like, um, but do you look to find the new employees out of the agents you hire or, or is that like now? It's that, only separate job. Yeah, That's yeah. like an Indeed job posting. Yeah, right. for... yeah. Yeah. So we do separate. Now I'm uh, actually, so now it's because it's becoming kind of a corporation. Um, 
which I think it is a corporation now. I mean, I am a corporation, but I'm saying like, you know, mentally, I've now established like, holy shit, I run a huge company now. My agents all have healthcare. They all have over $100,000 jobs uh, on the admin side, which is great, which I'm proud of. And basically a living wage in California, which is very hard to do. So I have uh, an onboarding kind of, she's an ex-kindergarten teacher. She's actually my aunt. I convinced her to quit teaching school. And she brings people on. She interviews them. She kind of holds their hand before we like put them through the ringer of like real estate. <laughs> so they think it's all soft and sweet. Um, but no, she helps them out <laughs> in the beginning. But she's in charge of like birthdays. So today we have a birthday party at my house for um, everyone whose birthday is in uh, October and November. And they invite the agents and then their spouses and their kids. So I have kind of a sweet backyard with the pool and we ordered takeout and we're all going to have. So there's like 15 people coming to my house uh, tonight and she coordinated all that. So that's her kind of job description. It's kind of like culture queen onboarding HR. And then I've got Matthew, who's operation, who's anything like, hey, how the heck do I get my computer to go up on that screen on the TV? Because I don't know how to do this. Um, he does everything on the tech side and operations. And he came from San Diego Health, um, some health division. So he was working for the government, making shit money. And I offered him a job and he was like, I give him all the freedom in the world. They also have unlimited vacation. Um, and they're paid very well, like I said. And then I have Kim, who's a transaction coordinator. And she is our TC for the whole team. And wow. we don't have, and I just hired an executive assistant. My first assistant started maybe a month ago. So, so then she's then my executive assistant. The eight, as far as transaction coordination, it's, I mean, if, if there's only one supporting 500 transactions, she just uploads the documents. It's responsibility of the agents to do everything else. And this, she just, how does that work? Nope. So yeah, so we do have a virtual assistant. So we do have a couple people that kind of support for that. But How many? what happened? Two. So we have two virtual assistants. What happens is the cognito form gets filled out when they get the new sale. All of the things. So in California, it's called a real estate residential purchase agreement, uh, statewide seller and buyer advisory, all the different stuff that you need, title, anything that you get when you have an, a brand new sale, you hit enter. That goes to the transaction coordinator department. They check to make sure all the signatures are there and that everything is uploaded correctly. If they're missing one document, the transaction coordinator department kicks it back to my agent and says, please add the agency disclosure or whatever it is. They won't start the file until it's done. That person uploads everything to Skyslope and gets it started. Kim looks at it, goes through the dates, make sure the dates are correct and sends the welcome email to the client. Kim's the only one who's doing the interface with the clients and the agents. The virtual assistants only work with Kim and they're on Zoom with Kim 24 seven or you know whenever she's at work on Zoom in her office, she has a big screen up with the, uh, uh, the virtual assistants from the Philippines. Um, any questions that they have on it, but really they're just kind of doing task. Kim's the transaction coordinator that's actually doing the transaction management. So it really alleviates all those pains of like uploading the Skyslope one at a time, et cetera. Once in California, we then collect the disclosures from the listing agent. They package them, they send them to our agents. Our agents take them, review them with the client at the inspection, face-to-face. -face. We don't send them to the before. If there's something serious in the disclosures that could cancel the deal, we'll tell the client before the inspection because we don't want them to waste money. But we don't know disclosures in California until we're already in contract. I don't know how it is in Arizona. So that's how we have it. Agent Similar. reviews them. Agent then sends an email back to their clients, CCs Kim and the virtual assistants, which is all one email. And it says, hey, uh, Kim, I reviewed all the disclosures with my buyers, you know, Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so, and everything looks great on the disclosures. Also, here's my visual inspection. We'll have the inspection report back by tomorrow. 
and we're working on the request repairs or the credit. And then, so then, and, I, and then it says, please send to the buyers in DocuSign. So then that gets done. And then, then the, the virtual assistant team knows to upload it to DocuSign because they've already been reviewed and they're good to go. And the client knows, hey, these things are going to come from a random DocuSign. Right. Like, what am I signing? Oh, it's all the stuff we already reviewed. So then there's no questions. And it's not, it's just streamlining it. It's not being any way like, cause someone was like, oh, that's, you know, you're kind of like making it seem, I'm like, no, 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 no. You're going through every disclosure with them together. Like reading every single one of them at the inspection. I make my agents attend every inspection. Right. So then if it's like, oh, we had a leak under our sink and it's like, oh, it was in 1991. And this, you know, old seller is like, oh, I'm disclosing it because I want to disclose everything. And then the buyer's not like freaking out because they're like, oh yeah, that's been dry. Like, here's the moisture reader. We're good, you know. But if it's something major, then we're like, hey, we should probably cancel. Well, and we ask the inspector. Yeah, that's good. And we ask the inspector, we're like, hey, should we cancel? The other thing we do to alleviate time is if the inspector says, hey, your panel's screwed up. We have certain electricians, certain plumbers, et cetera, that we can video things to or even FaceTime while we're there so that we can get the answer immediately versus rescheduling and coming back. Wow. We have a supply problem when it comes to contractors in Arizona and it's been just crazy hard to get people out the stuff. So that's exciting to hear other same. people don't have that problem. Yeah. Let's go virtual same. meetings. Yeah. Sounds virtual like. meetings. Exactly. So they're, they're same. It's super hard to get them on your calendar. So let's just do a FaceTime with them and be like, sure. Hey, can you FaceTime me like three minutes? If they can't, you video it and you just send it to your electrician and you say, Hey, David, my electrician, does this need a new panel? And he'll be like, yeah, that dude, that you need to get rid of that panel. It's going to cost you $2,800. I can see from the wiring, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, and here's all the pages that he took pictures of the exposed Romex wiring or whatever. And he can give you an idea of a quote. He can't, he can't give you an exact, but it gives you an idea. So then if you do want to do a credit or whatever, you don't have to have that electrician out there. Cause a lot of the issues we encounter are the exact same things. Like yes. I, as an agent can go and give you quotes for what you need to do. It's like, oh, your hot water heater. Oh yeah, it's not 36 inches off. You don't have a flu. You don't have hot water heater straps. You don't have that. Like I know what to look at every single time, but my new agents, they just FaceTime these people. Awesome. Nice. Are we we got to do a commercial and then I want to come back and see if anyone out in the audience has a question for- Commercial break? Well, All right, right, commercial break. Let's uh, take a quick commercial. We'll be right back, Mark. Hold uh, on with us. At what point are the realtor associations going to make ethical violations public? We think it's crazy that a realtor can be found guilty of an ethics violation, but no one knows about it. We're doing more harm than good by guarding the bad players from being exposed. Real Estate Leopard seeks to change this with the public display of all ethics complaints. Go to realestateleopard.com today and pledge your support. Thank you for waiting for our commercial break. We're back. We're back. Is, you you look like a yeah. little skeptical that that was enough time for a commercial break, but I can guarantee you. <laughs> I thought I was going to be able to get some coffee. I was like, well, yeah, I guess uh, I, yeah. You, you can take a sip. First no, time, no, first time viewer, first time guest. First time viewer, first time guest. All right, is there anyone out there that wants to ask him a question? If not, we we get more questions. I see you, Dave. I see you, Mark. Nope, they're just listening. All right, let's keep going. So we we heard a commercial about Leopard. Jeff, okay. Right? What is Leopard? And I think we should ask Mark a couple questions about Leopard. All right. So Leopard is a, we're trying to give a voice to the elite agents in the U.S., Mark. What it is, is that um, I think it was best said that the, now NER has 1.5 million members. So they can't say that Mark Patterson 
is the best agent in San Diego, or at least Mark Patterson's in the top 10 or in your either county or your city or your neighborhood, they can't give any recognition because then they would, let's say they would, they would like to recognize the uh, elite 100,000 or 200,000 agents across America in their neighborhoods. But if they did that, then that would piss off the other 1.4 million members because they're not same thing for like EXP because EXP has some good agents in San Diego and they don't want to say this is a great agent because they do a great job. So we wanted to give a voice to those great agents because the we believe that the consumer should know, you know, this dude's doing 750 transactions. Like he's got a high customer satisfaction score. He's got high metrics that we can see. He's been in the business for a while. Like he's clearly better than Bob who got his life, than first day Frank. Right. So, but, but NAR will never highlight Mark over first day Frank because everybody pays the same amount of dues. That's our, those are both our, our members. Leopard doesn't care about that. Leopard is like, how can we help highlight the best agents in the industry so that consumers can find those that are doing the best job? So we put together this association, this, um, this group of people who are actually working with consumers so that we can have a voice, not just um, for consumers, but also so that we can be at tables when conversations about where this industry is going are taking place. For instance, right now at MLSs across the U.S., there's 556 of them. They're making decisions for the software that we use. And in Arizona, our software now is 14 years old. And I'm like, you're telling me just now you're trying to like they've been fighting. But the reality is, is we need because we haven't pushed them sooner because, you know, I replaced my 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 laptop after seven years and now my software is 14 years old. You get the point. It's just that because the people that are not selling houses are making decisions because there's a 900 people in the, the MLS or in the NAR committee for decisions on what the rules that they make. But yet none of the producers are in there. We would like to have a collective voice for all the producers because we want to fight for what's important for us. And that's what Leopard is, is just trying to push the agenda forward so that the consumer can see who's doing the best job and elite job. Because originally NAR was about uh, trying to protect consumers from the bad actors. And we want to therefore push the, the best forward. Any thoughts? It's kind of like why I would run for mayor someone who actually knows something about business. No. No, yeah. no, it's the same with the yeah. U.S. government, but we're not going that far, right? The same, no, but the same thing for Congress. That's what I said, don't, That's don't, what I said Mayor. There, okay. Yes, there's a few key words you're not allowed to use around here, okay? Anything governmental is one of them. No, I know. But, but it's the same idea is that, you know, we, we need to have the voices from the business people, the people that are doing a great job, and most importantly, the people that are actually working with 700 consumers, yeah. right? Yeah. So that we think that if we improve the job that we're doing, that the consumers should know that we're doing a better job. So for sure, it's kind of like Michelin stars for a restaurant, you know, like three Michelin stars or a James Beard award nomination or, hey, they're nominated, but they didn't get the award. Exactly. I'm a, I'm a, that, I'm a sports yeah. fan. So I go, I think it's like uh, the NBA, they have a players union, right? But it, yeah. first of all, you have to be at this level to be in this club. So yeah, same thing. It is. I mean, but if you do create the standard across the board and you put it out there, I think it is important yeah, because there is the one day Frank or first day Frank. 
First day Franks. That's right. And, yes. and I probably have, I probably have, actually, I think I have two first day Franks out there right now. Yeah, they introduced but, but the difference is, Mark, yeah. is you're training them. Right? Yes. hundred percent. Your 190 videos, because now when you get a license, there's no actual training and we, that we, we call it an apprenticeship program, but that people should be, they should do 27, 24 transactions before they become first day Frank, because For that's sure. like yeah. burning up people, ruining our brand. So, no, I think so too. I think it would be important if they had to do an apprenticeship before they were able to go on a job, kind of like if you're an electrician, you have to go and work for someone for a bit. Can't just go and start your, you know, I think yes. that's what would be amazing for real estate. You have to go on one of these certified teams or shadow this individual and be his assistant for, or her assistant for X number of transactions. Awesome. Yeah. Good. Um, do you survey every single one of your clients? We do not, but we are rolling that out. Yes. Okay. So we have, we actually, I'm sorry, we do. We do have that. I want to roll it out where we have a system, but I don't ever hear about it unless it gets below a certain number. Yeah. So what we do is um, we have a thing that sends to the client, to our agents, and it says like, congratulations on your closing. It's through Cognito Forms actually as well. Congratulations mm -hmm. on your closings. And it's automatic when they move it to close and follow up boss, that form gets sent to them. And it says, can we send out review links Mind you, this link went out as well before because we actually ask for reviews before closing. We ask after they remove contingencies and are moving forward with the house because it's that like boring period where you don't hear about anything and it's before closing. After closing, people are typically too busy to write you a review. Right. So we send it then. If we don't get the review, then we uh, send it again after closing. Nice. And so yeah. um, we have two versions of reviews in our on our team. One of them is an internal NPS score that we monitor. And then the other one are when we ask people to leave public reviews on like Zillow or Google or whatnot, right? Yeah. And so what we'd like to do, one of the things that Leopard is fighting for is why isn't there an, a go-to industry standard for reviewing clients? Because for us- That's not owned by another broker, right? Like it has to be independent review. Right, like it's funny. What you're saying is it's kind of silly that Mark might have 800 reviews on- Zillow, but not on EXP. Right. Because right. we're, like we're a mean, competing brokerage. Because, in a well, sense. because they charge us a fee to work with those leads. So it's actually they're competing for the consumer to give their information to them first before us. Yeah. Where this is more just independent because the agent should be able to have reviews in a separate place. So interesting right yeah i mean like we'll, i think so we'll see yeah. well, one thing that we were shocked at was because i think that most agents when we talk to them it doesn't sound like you but a lot of them are intimidated in reviewing every client because what as like when we first got involved in, they're just used to cherry picking the clients that they know would give them a five-star review that's what's most common out there is i'm not going to send a client that had a bad experience a link to review me yeah and so therefore all of the reviews that are out there are actually biased but the reality of what we found is in reviewing everybody, there's way less of those really awful people that, it, yeah. you know, the score still is, we, we were surprised how high it is. So, yeah. I, the other thing about it is we learn more off of the negative ones. Well, that's what we wanted to get to. We is. learn more off of an eight out of 10 than we do from a 10 out of 10. And when we talk to agents on our team and we highlight, like, let's say this on Tuesday's meeting, we had seven reviews. 10 of them, I'm sorry, seven reviews. Six of them were 10 out of 10s and one of them was an eight out of 10. And we have the opportunity to coach and to get better based on the feedback from that eight. 
not based on the feedback from the tens. Versus just a Zillow review that you know you're going to get five stars on, right? Like, because you're going to, you're, because it sounded like you had a selection process. So who should get the reviews or not, right? Like that's normal. That's what we all have picked for Google reviews, for Facebook reviews, for Zillow reviews, because that, but to me, it's more of um, us demonstrating that we're, and the, and the reality is you can't get every client, right? You and Mary, you can chase some people forever. No, but we got a 73% response rate. 73% response rate is pretty decent, right? <laughs> you know how I get mine? How do you get yours? So I, I do a happy hour every quarter. And in order to get a drink ticket, you have to write me a review. <laughs> <laughs> and I've had people, like I've, had, mm. I've had people, obviously the people that I'm inviting are the clients that I like. And same obviously. with my agents. Like it's the ones that you get. So there's obviously the ones that we don't get. But some of them are like, I've already written you a review. And I'm like, well, do you have multiple emails? And they're like, yes. I'm like, write me another one. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Did you include usually, it? There are, there are friends. Like it's the yeah. way you phrase things and we'd make a joke out of it, but they write us a review. Yeah. That, awesome. No, they write us another review. Is what I <laughs> yeah, heard. another review. <laughs> yeah. And we do have, I mean, we have a pretty good, we have like most reviews on Zillow, I think in all San Diego County. We also have... Um, and despite what people say, Zillow is not dead. It will be around. Don't worry. And I think in- Did you buy uh, their stock yesterday? Oh, I bought 20,000. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, my agents, a lot of my agents bought stock in it too. It went up again today, right? A little bit. Yeah. I looked it was up $4, Four. Dollars this morning. Yeah. 4% That's the last number I saw. Yeah. And I'm at, I'm at almost 400 reviews for Google. So we'll do a lot of contests. That's another thing I could talk about. How do I jump my things is keeping agents accountable in contests. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Yeah. Give us an yeah, example. We, we use Sisu. So you don't have to use it if you're on a budget. Definitely don't get all these programs. One thing is, like I said, profitability, but we use Sisu to track people's points. And if you need a book to read or even just Google it and get the idea, it's called Four Disciplines. And I know we're all super busy, so you don't have to read every book we suggest. Um, go into it and you're going to have leading indicators and lagging indicators. Lagging indicators are your escrows, your sales, the, you know, that kind of stuff. You can't really control that you can control your dials, your conversations, that kind of stuff. So what I did is for October, we do a contest every other month. For October, I said, hey, every day I want you guys to get 21 points. You can log it in this app and it goes up on a screen in our office. We have screens all over and it tells how many points people have. Well, if you had 21 working days and you had to have 21 points, it equaled out to like 441. I don't, don't check my math, I'm not a lender, but it is like something like that. If you didn't hit 441 points for the month, and you're in our base of like the two lower groups because we divide our team up into fours. If you're in the two bottom base groups, if you didn't hit 441 points, you're off the team. If you hit 500 points, you got entered into a bonus and I'm taking them all to Valle, which is uh, the wineries down in Mexico. I rented this huge mansion. So if you hit, I think it was 500 points or 550 or something, then you got an introduction to come to the, the event. So we always do something fun. The points that we measure are leading indicators. So it's five new conversations, five nurture conversations, five sphere of influence conversations, and five videos to clients or past clients all about real estate. And then we do one introduction to our lending partner. That's one bonus point and, or a Google review or a Zillow review is a bonus point as well. And so that, if you get 21 points a day. Yeah. I thought I saw that because in your, in our research where we used to call it stocking, I was just gradually reviewing information about you online. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a website that you had, cause you had a point tracker or something, a link on the website. 
Yeah, I do a hundred point day one. So I do that. Hundred point day. That's what it was. A hundred point so day. That's, I, the I, idea I is I created. About that. Yeah, go ahead. You essentially have to get a hundred dials a day. That's the base of the hundred point day. But of those dials, you're obviously going to have conversations. So I took that kind of framework and I said, well, of it, if you have twenty conversations a day or fifteen and then five videos, um, you're going to have a pretty damn good day. And from that, you should try to always set two appointments. So we always try to set that as the baseline. And then if you don't get two appointments by noon, you go to lunch or you go to the gym or whatever you need to do in the afternoon, you come back and you call until you get two appointments. That's kind of what's expected of us. Uh, from that, we got rid of two agents of our like 30 something that were in their first, you know, in the foundation yeah. and core core levels. Well, the thing is we're teams. So we're not brokers like brokers. It just seems like they're retention bases where they just want you to come in and stay forever and all that stuff. But with a team, because you're after your numbers, you're like trying to make them productive. If you're not going to, if you don't. Yeah. Because do you have a monthly fee to be on your team? Uh, no, but I just don't even like the like idea of someone around if they're not going to kick butt because it brings down, like everyone wants to be around winners. Yeah, we agree. We agree. Nice. All right. Are we going to wrap it up with that? I, I mean, I don't know. I was going to take a lunch break and come back and ask more questions. <laughs> oh, okay. three things. All right. I, I, so I, I, that's two. I have more than three, though. I mean, sorry you went over already. We but, uh, this was you 13 wrap, things. How about that's how you wrap it up? What are, the, what are the three most important things if someone's trying to, or what was the most important things to you to, to take their team from 24 to 500 transactions? What would you, looking back, say was the three most important things? Uh, I think that the onboarding and accountability for sure. So how I said the point system, do something with points and gamifying it. Don't over KPI them, meaning over key performance indicators. Don't like track everything because it'll drive your people nuts. Uh, but do make it fun. Do a lot of events and have culture. But uh, that would be one thing. Also the onboarding of like 30 days and shit or get off the pot. Like I can't just hold your hand and no, I do not have a minute. I have like less than two seconds. So don't ask me that question. Um, making that 30 day university is huge. Going to save you a lot of time. Lastly, I would say, you know, lean on your team. Once you start getting your base of agents, now I don't lead any huddles. I lead one on Fridays occasionally, but guys, I'm, I just got back from Europe and Mexico. I was gone for a month. I leave on Saturday for a month until December 5th. And I won't have to pick up my phone once. So if you want to leverage, you got to empower others. Are they going to be as good as you? Not at first. But you know what, Matthew, the guy I was talking to you about, and Christine and Kim and Felisa, my lending team, like all these people, they are total badasses now. Like now I'm the loser. I'm like the one that's like, not when you asked me if we do reviews or our thing, I was like, no. And I was like, wait, wait, we do. I just didn't know. One reviews gave me anxiety, so I don't look at them. But Matthew does. <laughs> yeah. All right. Awesome. So I said, one, uh, this is just for the, the studio audience. Yes. You talk really fast and so do I, but just to make sure we got it. So onboard tracking, but make it fun. Number two was 30 day university, making sure that you give the, you know, shit or get off the pot moment, but making sure that you put them through. And, and so they only have people that are, are putting in the work while you're there. And three, I had as leverage and empowerment. Is, how yeah. Is that? If you, I say, if you're not effing up, then you're not trying. As long as you're ethical and you treat people right on my team, I will not fire you. I had an agent sell the wrong home. It was a true, honest mistake of like, oh my gosh, it was literally the exact same place, same remodel, same listing agent, same price, next door to each other, sold the wrong freaking house. <laughs> wrong APN number for the house because the agent put one on, he went and toured it. She took it off. It went pending. She put on the other one. He went and typed in the address. That one popped up. He typed it in, sold that house, went through everything, didn't realize it was the wrong house. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. But we, we, we sold we the house. We saved it. 
We sold a house for two prices one time. Oh, that was fun. We we still have that agent still on our team. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's it was honest, year. honest mistake. But they're exactly. getting after it's it. They're, they're, yeah, right. Yeah. You you can fix someone that's chasing shit. You can't fix it when they won't chase, right? Nope. And he's sold forty four houses this year so far, and he's got ten more under contract. And he's second year in the business. He's going to sell probably fifty five homes this year in awesome. San Diego. That is absolutely insane. You talk a lot about agents and being in the business for a short amount of time. Do you bring over agents that are been in the business for 10 years and they're like, they're just looking for camaraderie or are you focused on the new, the new, the new is better for me because the one that's been in is kind of the know-it-all and it's not necessarily that they don't know something right. It's just different than what I do. And like the things I do are there for a reason. My escrow officers who we use for a reason and they have their relationships. It just kind of creates a little bit of a pain for me. Um, but we don't say no to it. I did get recruited by a compass recruiter the other day. And I'm like, the guy who gave me, gave my number to the recruiter, I called that guy up and recruited him to my team. He's been an agent for 15 years and he's joining our team. (laughs) So I flipped it on him. I'm like, Hey, how much do you do in a year? He's a $15 million producer. I'm like, I'm going to take you to a $30 million producer. And I'm going to give you a better. I know Joe. Wait, you know, Joe, I know Joe. (laughs) We love Joe. Joe sent me a referral here today. But, uh, I, uh, I bombed, uh, I, I dinner bombed Robert Refkin when we were at Inman. So yeah, we were having yeah. dinner next, next to the CEO of Compass and I went over it. But uh, dude, they're just, they're, um, can I say it publicly? They're expensive. That's why he's moving. So I'm able to offer him a better split on my team on his own deals. And I'm, and it's still the standard <laughs> split. What I get my agents. I don't even and want he to knows talk, everything. Do you, I mean, I don't even like talking about splits. Like let's just talk caps. Right. Yeah. Because I don't care what the split is. I want to know how much this is going to cost me. Yes. Year. Right. Well, yeah. And it's not it's resources. It doesn't matter. So my splits are expensive for my agents, but my agents are making 300,000 plus their take home, like 300 grand for a lot of the agents. Yeah. But you want to make that. It's not necessarily it's like if I'm paying for something, I totally understand. But you better give the value back. And I know my value at Porchlight and what I give to them. Nothing to do with EXP. I could be at any brand. But I mean, at Compass, I couldn't be there with my team because it's too expensive. Agreed. Agreed. And they don't offer anything. They offer Canva and I already have the premier membership. So that's what all their marketing <laughs> so is through. We like Canva as well. So yeah. that's a great I love Canva. Canva is the shit, which by the way, someone told me that Compass bought Canva and I was like, go look up valuation of Canva. So we looked it up 40 billion valuation of Compass 5.9 billion. I was like, I'm pretty sure Canva is going to buy. Yeah, Compass. That's a pretty big check. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hope they got some cash in the back. You mean, yeah. you mean yeah. SoftBank bought Canva? Yeah, SoftBank <laughs> bought Canva, but not. Yeah, yeah awesome, Mark. You've yep. been fabulous. Thank you. I don't think we. No, been... thank you for coming on. It's been a whole hour with us. What... Are you going to ExpCon? I am. I'm going to Portland, Las Vegas for ExpCon, and then I'm going to Puerto Vallarta for a wedding, Portugal for vacation with family, Denmark, and then. Tulum. So then I'm back December 5th. Oh, I was at Tulum earlier this year. But we'll uh, see we can you take in... it offline if you have any. Uh, we'll see you in Vegas good, next week. Good place to see yes. if you're interested. If you're interested in Tulum, just hit me up after. or I'll hit Send you me up. everything. All right. Thank look, you, Mark. Look up Mark Pattison, guys. He's killing it in San Diego. Give him a shout. Tell him thanks for sharing all the knowledge. Thank you, Mark, for coming on the podcast with us today. Yeah, you didn't disappoint at all. And I, I just knew from and if, your presence on stage at Comedy Night that you were going to be dominant. If anybody wants a drink ticket from Mark, then leave our podcast a review. <laughs> <laughs> See? Thanks, Mark. Have a good all day. Right. Happy Thursday. You're learning. See all you guys. Right. Later, Bye. guys.